0: The question, where? Where is peace going to come from in our life? And, uh, you know, last week as we looked into hope, um, the idea of was it a silent night for Mary and Joseph and uh, the babe that was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger when there was no room at the inn for him, they're in a manger, they're in a barn where there's animals and smells and all those things that we reflected upon upon last week well this week we look at it and was it a peaceful night absolutely it was not a peaceful night we discovered that last week it probably wasn't as peaceful as we think of it in our christmas season singing the songs we sing and reflecting upon the moments that we read in scripture rather full context reveals that it was pretty chaotic for them as it is for most people at this time of the year, when they're rushing around, trying to find presents, trying to scrape together just enough money to buy presents for their family, the reality is is that Christmas oftentimes is not a peaceful time either. It's not a time that people feel a, a great sense of hope when they're, they're overspending themselves and putting themselves in a place of, you know, I have to do this for this person, or I have to do this for this person, they're going to do something for me, and we get into this idea of exchanging presents. Rather than recognizing that God sent His Son into the Earth at this time of the year for a much greater purpose than just exchanging presents, He sent a gift into the world that we might have everlasting life, and it's something that we can't lose sight of in this season. It's something we must we must keep our eyes upon the real reason for the season, as we all hear so often. But as much as we hear that, it's funny to watch folks. Anybody been uh, Christmas shopping recently? does it seem pretty nice out there are people kind to each other sometimes but for the most part folks are kind of trying to get to the front of the line or right get that item that somebody else has and you know it really is something that I think in America has become a plague if you will it's become that thing that that drives us that materialistic approach to the season really does rob us of what it's really about and I think that it's Like I said last week, time for the church to really reflect that calls and reason of Christ into the lives of others. Before I get too deep into it, you can tell I'm being pretty serious. Uh, I wanted to share a redneck joke with you today. How how many want to hear a redneck joke? We'll lighten it up just a little. Yeah, folks like great, lighten it up, man. Uh, As you know, Bubba and Marcel hang out all the time, and I chose this one today because I think that oftentimes our lives are kind of like a puzzle. How I many of you agree? It's like a puzzle. We just don't know quite how all the pieces fit together. And sometimes it takes longer than we think, you know, it would take to put the pieces of our life together. Or if you will, come to the place of allowing God to put the pieces of our life together. But Marcel uh, started working on a jigsaw puzzle one day and uh, his buddy Bubba swung by the house and what you doing, Marcel? He said, well, I'm working on a jigsaw puzzle. He said, that's nice. So you want to help? He goes, Nope, I don't like doing jigsaw puzzles. He said, oh, okay, I'll do it myself. About a year later, Bubba comes by the house again and comes in, and Marcel's sitting there working on that puzzle. He said, You ain't done with that puzzle? He says, No, man, I'm taking my time on it, making sure I get it done right. About another year goes by, and Bubba swings by the house, and him and Marcel are going to go fishing. And Marcel comes out the house. So two years into this jigsaw puzzle, Marcel comes out of the house to jump in the truck and says, Bubba, you're going to be so proud of me, I finally finished that jigsaw puzzle today. Bubba said, well, Marcel, I I don't think it should have taken you two years to finish that jigsaw puzzle. He goes, well, Bubba, I think I've done pretty good because it says six to 12 years on the box. (laughs) I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel just like that. Like, man, my life should be put together a whole lot better than what it is. And it's taken longer than I think it should take, but I think God knows exactly what he's doing with me and that uh, he's working on that puzzle and he will accomplish exactly what he wants to accomplish in my life in his timing, amen? As long as I'm willing to yield to him. We're going to look a little deeper into that. Now, before I do, I want to read the scripture that Damon read today out of Luke 2, 6-14, which Damon selected out. I let everybody select their scriptures around the Advent themselves. It, it really blesses my heart to watch how the Holy Spirit, though, will weave it together because this was our scripture for today, and this is the one that Damon read. So we're going to read it again. And this is Luke 2, 6-14. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now... They were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them. They were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was uh, with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, and this is the key uh, focus today, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Can you say amen? So reflecting upon this, I wanted to bring in another scripture out of the book of Luke and it's Luke twenty-one thirty-four, And I think that So often when I talk about what this season can be focused on, oftentimes people get focused on Christmas time, New Year's is a time to do what in people's mindset? You nailed it. It's a time to party. It's a time to just cut loose and party. There's nothing wrong with a party, but there is what we would call holy parties, righteous parties, things that glorify God in our relationships and things that don't glorify God. And oftentimes this season in our society today, it's the wrong things that get elevated in the party, if you will. And I want to read this to you, Luke 21:34. be careful of your hearts or your hearts excuse me, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness and anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. Read that again. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. Would you say that when you go out during Christmas time, you see folks anxious about things? I see a lot of folks anxious. I see them anxious to get things that they can't afford, to go home and enjoy them on a night they'll spend with their family only to be stressed for the next year trying to pay for them. Somebody say amen in the house. Don't do that, saints. Be careful, it says here. Keep watch over yourselves. Make sure you don't overextend yourselves and go out into things that you're going to have to spend a whole year stressing over or being anxious about. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. Anybody ever been in that trap? Nobody. Nobody? Everybody's been in one of those traps at some time or another in their life. We need to be the kind of people that reflect, if you will, a true silent night a true peaceful night, amen? Here's, here's some of the things that come in the midst of, if you will, those kind of lifestyles. See, we need to be praying for God to give us a peaceful night when we're facing circumstances that are uncontrollable. Sometimes we find ourselves in situations that we have no control over and it robs us of our peace. The reality is, is that Christ came to give us a peace that can trump that can circumvent, that can rescue you from your circumstance. Can you say amen? Uh, When people are unbearable. Another time that we need to seek God's peace in our life is when you've got folks around you that are unbearable. Anybody ever had somebody unbearable around them? Let me give you another term for unbearable. I can't stand them. Anybody ever said that? I can't stand them. Why am I bringing this into this time of the year? How many are you going to have family that's around you? How many get along with all your family members? What did you say? All the ones that are going to be around? Because some of them you just can't stand. <laughs> we need God's peace in the midst of those kind of situations. Here's another one. We need God's peace when problems are unexplainable. One thing about us as human beings, we want to understand everything, don't we? We, don't want to know, we want to know why it is and how we can fix it. The frank truth of it is we need to have a heart that's open to say, God, I, don't, I do not understand this. It's unexplainable to me, but I'm going to give this over to you. And you pray over those situations in your life and allow the Spirit of God to move in your life and somehow bring you along out of that situation or better yet, through that situation to a better place amen you know one of the greatest phrases in the bible i believe is the phrase this came to pass there are things in my life that i love that god brings to pass and there are things in my life that i'm glad came to pass come on somebody (laughs) every single one of us face those things what does a silent night look like and how can we have it write this down how to have a peaceful night. I said silent, how to have a peaceful night. Isaiah 9, 6 says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. See, this is the Old Testament prophecy of luke 2 the fulfillment of that prophecy is he was born and this is who he is jesus is the prince of peace if you want peace in your life going to jesus is the key asking him for that peace is the key john fourteen twenty seven in the living bible says this and this is jesus speaking he says i am leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart and the peace i give isn't fragile like the peace the world gives so don't be troubled or afraid you know that last song we were singing he's going to turn it all around just wait and see he's going to make everything beautiful just in time you know uh i love the old phrase that so many preachers have said that you know god when we're praying and we're in a situation and we're like god i know you're always on time but you're missing a lot of opportunities to be early (laughs) anybody ever been there it's like man god you need to show up now like We know that God needs to show up now, and yet God doesn't show up in our situation. And we're thinking to ourselves, I know you need to show up now, so somewhere there's a disconnect on this. So I revert to that old phrase of, of so many preachers, and that is, God, I know that you'll be on time. You'll be in perfect timing because you always are. But you're missing a lot of opportunities to be early here in my life, you know? Anybody ever show up early for an appointment? Right? God, could you show up early for this appointment? There are those times in our life where we seek God like that. But I want to give you five things that I think uh, are ways that we can have a peaceful night, if you will. Number one, accept God's pardon in your life. Do You know how often sin is the very thing that keeps us separated from God? There's something in our life that God's trying to deal with. In other words, God is there waiting to show up in your life, but there's just something he wants you to to give over to Him and accept His pardon in your life for. In other words, uh, when we live under condemnation for something we might have done, the reality is, is, do you know condemnation does not give us access with God? Conviction brings us to a, pa- a place of repentance which opens the door and the way to get to God. Jesus is the one that, co- uh, if you will, He came and in given His life was for a pardon. And if we walk in condemnation, what happens is is we really nullify what He's done in our life. We hold Him at bay. We hold that gift at bay that He's offered us and therefore we stand outside desiring to be in, unwilling to accept the very thing, pardon, that gives us access to come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain the mercy that we need. You know what's neat about God's mercy? Grace is is the thing that gives us access to to what we don't deserve. In other words, I don't deserve heaven. I don't deserve God's blessings. There's nothing I've done. No work I've done will ever measure up. It all falls short of God's glory. But because of his work, I get to access the throne room and obtain because of God's mercy. Grace provided by Jesus. God's mercy extended because Jesus gave me access Brings upon me all the blessings of God that are yes and, amen. amen. Accept God's pardon. Romans five one says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have here is the key word peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Micah seven eighteen, who is God? Oh, excuse me, who is a God like you, who pardons sin and forgives? You do not stay angry forever but delight to show mercy there's that ability because through christ we come by grace and there's his mercy that is poured out upon us can you say amen to that saints Two, recognize god's presence recognize god's presence you want peace in your life recognize the presence of god know how to allow god's presence access in your life he's always waiting to fellowship with us do you know there's not a moment in a day that goes by where God doesn't long to be with you? I'm going to pick on some people. How long have you two been married? The check. Yes, you. There, you nailed it. Three years. How much do you love being around one another? A lot. I've been married 22 years. I love being around my wife a lot. We went through the times where we didn't want to be around each other at all. <laughs> True, though. It is true. You go through those moments, but the reality is, is it's re- working out relationship. Do you know that there's times in your relationship with God when you start figuring out the government that upon his shoulders means that you're going to do what he says to do, you've got to be obedient to him, and you don't like God anymore? Come on. Seeing how this is weaving together? See, if you want to access the peace of God, you kind of got to go his way. You kind of got to follow along. If you want peace in your household, don't you need to love your wife and go her way? Right? And you don't really need to go his way. It's just important for him to go your way, correct? Because if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Now, you all know that's a joke, but it's true. Uh, No, we understand that in relationship, there is an aspect of preferring one another, as the Bible teaches us. In, in, in my marriage, as I prefer Angie, you know, it helps Angie to prefer me. When Angie prefers me, it helps me to prefer her. That's the ebb and flow of that relationship. It's the same with God. You know what's amazing to me is that a creator, an eternal God, longs, say that with me, longs, to spend time with me. Why don't you say that because you need to personalize it. Say this with me. That an infinite God God desires Desires to spend time time with with me. When you really connect that, there's just something about that that makes it so real. It's not this, you know, all infinite God who sits in the heavens far away. One of my favorite scriptures is that he's not a God who's afar off, but that he is very near, nigh unto us. God is always right there, longing to spend that time with us. And you want to know something? There is no peace. Is Damon, where's Damon? Is, do you have to take out? he's in the back. I'm going to make you do this. You may not like it. Come up here. See, I've been working with Damon for quite a while, so I'll embarrass him a little. And, you know, Damon's, you know, battle would be, any any other men struggle with anger, like just being angry? None of you, huh? None of you. (laughs) Nathan. Nathan, you're one of the mildest mannered
1: guys.
0: (laughs) I want you to share what happened in prayer before service. It's hard for you to explain it, but that's part of my point.
1: The Spirit of the Lord. just hit me like a ton of bricks like I haven't felt in a long time and I was just singing out to the Lord and I was just just weeping I mean tears just pouring down my face and I'm not a crier I don't you know you can ask my wife I don't I don't I'm just not a crier that's not me but um this morning man and I was even walking back into pastor's office and just could barely compose myself because the Lord was just just moving and stirring in my heart so much you know, I had a really tough week this week, and, you know, I even talked to pastor about it, and uh, just came in this morning and just began to worship, <laughs> and it's just amazing how as I began to worship and just, and just you know, sing out, the Lord just began to break things off of me, you know, that I had been carrying around this week, and so it was just such a sweet, sweet, sweet time uh, in prayer this morning, and I just, I mean, it, it was really an awesome touch from the Lord, so... I had Damon
0: share that because it's not different for any of us. Everybody has hard weeks. Everybody's got stuff they deal with. Everybody's got bills they're paying. That Kids they're trying to raise. I mean, marriages they're trying to keep together. On and on. And it robs us of peace. But you want that peace restored. Get in the presence of God. And I am telling you, he will restore your soul. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Somehow he'll make them whole just by being in his presence see because our responses aren't necessarily always right in the midst of the conflicts that we face amen amen Amen, saints they're not always right and i know damon well enough to and, and we're close enough to know that i share this is that i guarantee all his responses this week wasn't great and while he begins to worship god what happens is is there's a pardon in the midst of that and god's presence brings that peace there's nothing like being at peace with God. Being at peace with God will bring peace in every other circumstance or relationship in life. Why? When you're at peace with Him, you don't tend to hold things over other people so much. When you're at peace with God, you don't, you don't tend to just be focused on this temporal world that we live in, but you understand that you're living your life for eternity and therefore it writes your priorities. And it causes your action rather than a reaction in life. You look at your situations and you act accordingly, not react. Amen? Listen to this, recognizing... Oh, man, I just jumped off the page. There we go. In recognizing God's presence, Isaiah 26 and 3, it says, You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts you Romans 8 6 says the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace the mind controlled by the Spirit the Holy Spirit is life and peace and in Psalms 46 1 and 10 says this God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble and here's how 10 says it be still and know that I am God See, you recognize him as your ever-present help, and then guess what? Just rest and trust that God will work on your behalf. Amen? Y'all gonna have to get a little louder this morning. You know, I'm teaching. I'd like to cut loose and preach a little, but y'all are soaking it in in that teaching manner. Let the learned in the house say amen. Here, here's number three. That's good, Danielle. Rock it. Number three, obey God's principles obey God's principles psalms 119 165 says great peace have they who love your law and nothing can make them stumble great peace have they who obey your law and nothing can make them stumble you know, we find peace in following the Lord's way it's not easy say that with me it's not easy, it's not easy. but you'll find peace there why Because in following the Lord, what happens is when you're in that right relationship with him, it's kind of interesting how you lay your head on your pillow at night and you're at perfect peace. You're not wrestling with the things of the day. You're not wrestling with the, the, the challenges of life. Why? Because your mind is stayed upon the law of the Lord. You're meditating on it both day and night. When your head hits your we you wake up in the morning, this is the day that the Lord has made, I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Even though I got six people I got to deal with today that are not happy with me, this is still the day that the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. And then when you go to bed at night and you had to deal with those six people, or however many it is, or whatever it is that you're dealing with, the reality is your head hits your pillow, and that was a tough day but your head hits your pillow recognizing this. God, no matter how the day went, the day is still yours. And I honor you and I glorify you in the midst of everything, Lord, that I am going through, every challenge that I face, because I know you are the present help in time of my need. Amen? Number four, trust God's plan. Trust God's plan. Proverbs 3 5 through 6 says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. When you put your trust in God, what does that really mean? No matter what I'm looking at, no matter what I'm facing, what does the Bible say? What does the word of God say about how I should handle this situation? What does the word of God say about how I should handle this relationship What does the word of God say about how I should approach communicating to this family member or that family member? Whatever it may be. That what happens is is you're seeking what God's word says about how to approach that. And because you don't lean to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways. What is that? I'm going this direction in my finances. I'm going this direction in my marriage. I'm going this direction in my parenting. I'm going this direction in my business. I'm going this direction in my job. I'm going this direction with my boss who I can't stand. I'm going this direction on and on Your ways is the direction you go and all those things in life. And if you acknowledge him, he'll direct your paths. Philippians 4, 11 through 12 says this. I have learned to be content whatever, in whatever circumstances. I know what it is to be, be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret, say the secret, of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And you want to know something? I've had all those seasons in my life. Can anybody say amen that's experienced all those seasons? And because we've experienced all those seasons, the reality is this. We know exactly what Paul's talking about. We're never going to be content, be it in wealth or in in need or in plenty, we will only be satisfied with a life that is vested in Christ Jesus. Number five, ask for God's provision. You know, the Bible says you have not because you, right? And, and And you don't have because you ask very good because you ask amiss we need to ask according to god's will this is where uh, reflecting back in all your ways acknowledge him if you're looking to god and he's directing you according to scripture when you sit down to ask him to provide for you for your family for your children for your health whatever it may be when you sit down to ask god you know exactly how to ask god why because the scripture because the word of god is in you When you you go to pray, what happens is it's the word of God that comes back out of you. And when the word of God is coming back out of you in request, I guarantee you this. If you ask in faith, Jesus says that nothing will be withheld from you, but you will have exactly what you ask for or say. That's another translation. Very good. What translation is that, Miss Bev? New King James. Hmm. Ask God uh, for God's provision. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Say that with me. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Listen to this. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank Him for His answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. If you do this, and I close with this, if you do this, you will have peace, which is far more than the human mind can understand. What is that phrase saying? You ever had God work in your life, and you're just like, wow, how did that happen? Raise your hand if you've ever had a moment where God's done something in your life, and you're like, whoa, whoa. How did that take place? Look around the room real quick. Keep your hands up. If that does anything, it should increase all of our faith when we see others who have experienced that. And as our faith increases to trust in God for the peace that we're really looking for, here's what I know. We won't need to be challenged as believers to reflect the real reason for the season because it won't be just about one time of the year you hear me? See, we'll live in the peace of God all year long. And when Christmas rolls around, what takes place is, is people take notice of the folks in the community with the greatest level of peace. And you want to know something else? They take notice of people who are in the blessing of God. They realize who's blessed and who's not. Children of Israel are that way. All the other nations envied them but it was when their mind and their heart and their eyes were stayed upon the Lord, when they followed him, when they allowed him to direct their paths, when they acknowledged him in all their ways and didn't lean to their own understanding that all of those things took place. Why? Because God was the one directing their path. When they turned from him, when their eyes was taken off of him, then they ended up in captivity. They ended up in some kind of bondage. And they saw themselves being fulfilled another way besides God. Funny enough, it was out of that that they would turn their heart back to God. And once again, He would begin to bless them. Let me say, the blessing is not our pursuit. God is our pursuit. But in pursuit of God, blessing always follows. Say amen, saints. That's true. That's the truth. And God intends that to be a mark. It's not the whole, but it is a mark of His presence in our life. Amen? Stand your feet with me if you would. Father, I so thank you, Lord, for all that you do in our life, and God, I pray that, that for today, from the worship, Lord, to the lighting of the Advent candle and what Damon shared, God, it was so rich, God, to this message, I pray we walk out of here in a fair, be places, God, that we should write and put in right order with you, God, that we wouldn't seek peace the way the world seeks peace, because Jesus, you said that you didn't leave peace the way the world has peace, or gives it. But Lord, we would seek you. Lord, we'd seek to be in your presence. God, we'd, we'd understand that, Lord, we can find perfect peace if we stay our minds upon the Lord. And Lord, allow your scripture, your word, to be the guide of our life. So Father, we're not going our own way, but we're going the way that you are directing us so that we can experience the best that heaven has for us. God, I pray that every one of us this Christmas season would find opportunities to be a witness. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't just hear this message today, but somehow, Father, those, be it whatever phrases, Lord, just grabbed our heart today, somehow we'd find somebody to share that with and share the testimony of how it touched our hearts so that, Lord, we multiply that, we share that, we increase the kingdom of God by sharing the word of God. God, now I pray that Lord, for every member of Gateway. But Lord, those who braved the snow today and those who didn't. God, I pray for all. That Lord, you will cause this to be a rich Christmas season. God, a time that they're in your word, a time that they're drawing near to you and sensing, God, you drawing near to them. As your scripture says, if we draw nigh to God, he'll draw near to us. And Lord, I pray as we share the Christmas story with our children, our families, God, we would sense your presence that brings perfect peace in our life. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, and everybody said, amen.